You're listening to Paint the Town Podcast with your hosts. LA Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of LA Street Art Gallery, James Chen of Welcome back, T. Oh, man. Thanks, dude. Whew, what a long trek that was, man. That was a little First bit of all, a hiatus, did my, man. Did you see my, uh, my new coffee mug I got in the mail from uh, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert? Oh, what does that say? It says, it says be your own president. That's the presidential <laughs> seal. That's the presidential seal on the, on the coffee mug there. And it says, be your own president. I also got a uh, matching shirt yeah yeah you know because it's it's that time now you know what i mean that's that's where we're at that's where we're at and you know what this also helped to support um uh the naacp uh the the charity 100 uh, percent of the proceeds from the the coffee mug and the shirt so stephen colbert man nice work dude hell yeah um, you, you know what's crazy like he got away although with- the shirt is made in blank bangladesh and the uh coffee mug is made in china hey those people need to work too right <laughs> i guess we Every all do right we all need to work but hey man i missed you bro i, I love your new haircut man thanks thanks man i um you know in uh, in florida there i had a friend of mine cut it and uh you know uh, he uh, did a nice job safely done you know mask on even though dude it's crazy there in florida yeah, tell me about florida, florida man please <sighs> um Dude, there's a reason. I mean, the the bar, Destin, Florida is a little town. It's a fishing town, but it's also a tourist town. And it's beautiful, beautiful white sand beaches, mm. bars and everything. They have this little area called Crab Island that is um, in between uh, an island and Destin. Destin's like a little peninsula. There's a bridge that goes over. And there's this little area where people park all their boats. Mm. They call it Crab Island. Okay. Some people call it PP Island because, you know, there's no restrooms out there, dude. Um, and people just congregate out there like crazy, you know, and, and, um, the bars that all the bars were packed and no one's wearing uh, face masks and no one's social distancing. Um, so my dad and I just, you know, we would, we, it was nice because, you know, I got to spend time with them and, and we went and got some nice food, you know, but then we would just come home and, and sit at the house and, and eat. And, you know, my dad didn't really understand it. he won't he won't wear a mask you know what i mean my dad doesn't give a shit he's ready to die he's you know um oh. he's perfectly happy and everything it's just that you know he's not going to adjust his life like if a hurricane comes or something like that he's not going to evacuate now That's luckily always- that house the house that, that he's in with that we built there is one room that you're safe in even if a tornado hits the house or whatever there is one mm. room um okay. that you're, that you're safe room. in and so yeah, it's 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 not a safe room, but it's just the way the house is built. That is the safest room to be in. Uh, um, I see. But I mean, that's you know, he won't wear a mask. He's he, you know, the whole uh, you know virus thing is is really kind of he doesn't get it. You know, his his you know he's been through the the pandemics we had before, which weren't really anything like this. Um, but you know, for him, it wasn't that bad because we got to spend a lot of time together. And um, you know, uh, <laughs> I've I've now hired some uh, a company called Visiting Angels. Um, 
and it's this organization of uh, senior care that come and visit at the house because he doesn't want to leave the house and we're going to do our best to keep him in the house until the end. So, um, and for him, you know, going to church as much as he did and everything, um, I thought that the visiting angels would be appropriate. So, and it's just women. Um, my dad okay. wants women to come <laughs> see him. <laughs> um, you know, I, being around him, I, I realize where I get my behavior from. And, okay. Uh, yeah. Big T is uh, uh, you see the big T jeans in there. Basically, we should have him on the show, man. I, I mean, that, that's so. Yeah, we will. I know that's a classic radio bit, having your parents uh, on the show and like telling like uh, embarrassing stories about you. But I think we need that. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, I'm yeah, definitely. We need to do that soon. Um, I got to figure out how to do uh, FaceTime on my phone to where it doesn't mess up with the because uh, it seems like anytime I do something on my phone, it cuts off the the Zoom meeting. So anyway, oh, okay. once I can figure out how to get him on, uh, on FaceTime, then I can just sit there and hold it up like this, you know, and uh, we, can, uh, we can have him on for a little while. That'd be fun. Yeah, man. I mean, you know what? We have Dude, a... I, got one, I got one kind of crazy, weird story from the road. I try to make it as quick as possible. Yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> it, it happened, um, I think it was somewhere in Louisiana, okay? Okay, just it for the audience. right about quick. where... You drove from California to Florida, and then you drove back basically in the past couple of weeks, and that's why we've been on hiatus. But uh, anyways, go ahead. In the past uh, 10 days, yeah, I yeah. only spent about four days there. Um, but when I drove, uh, I left the radio off. Um, just, I just drove in complete silence and whatever came out of my mouth, which was just some crazy shit every once in a while. <laughs> and I sang, a of, I sang a couple of Johnny uh, Cash songs, you know, like uh, Burning Fire. Anyway. They just came um, to your head. Get to, get into the story here. So I'm in Louisiana. I'm, I'm going down some, and I, I, I use the, the traffic app ways because usually I would just go I 10 the whole way. But because yeah. of all the construction and everything, I wanted to try to avoid any kind of massive slowdowns or anything. Mm -hmm. So I, I went on the, the traffic app ways, and it had me going down like fucking state roads, county roads, neighborhood roads, and shit. Um, and so sometime in, during this time, I was just coming up on Highway 98, not far from it. And there was a slowdown and we were doing about 40 miles an hour in a 50 mile an hour zone. And there was about five cars in front of me. And so I'm kind of going back and forth and I see that there's a couple of cars up front that are going slow. You know, people look like they're trying to get ready to go around them and no one had the balls to do it. Luckily my truck has got some balls. And so I was like, boom, boom, and jumped over and, and passed most of them in the first try. And I could see after I did that, I could see up at the front was this kid on what looked like a moped for a really weak motorcycle and he was he was in the middle of the fucking road okay it was it was a it was a two-lane road you know one going each direction and so this kid instead of being over to the side so people could pass him he's in the middle of the fucking road going <laughs> 40 miles an hour you know and so i'm going what the fuck you know so finally there was you know there's like little hills and dips and stuff in this area yeah. And so I finally, I, I, I finally got, and I just haul ass by him. And as I'm going by in my peripheral vision, I just remember kind of looking over and seeing this, this like, what are you, what are you doing type of attitude coming from him? You know, like, <laughs> you know, like how, why, what are you doing? Some and sauce. so, you know, I pass him and I go on my way and I, I'm up to like, you know, 55 miles, you know, maybe 60 miles an hour. And so I look back in my rear mirror and watching him and he just like, puts his head down and he's like me and just speeding up. And so this little fuck was going like 55, 60 miles an hour. 
so that little fucker could go fast enough. It's like, wow, what, what the fuck is he? Is it like what would they? It was, it was a Tuesday or something like that. What? The, no, maybe it was Thursday. I mean, Thursday in Louisiana. I mean, is that what this guy does to get his fucking kicks? Is to just, <laughs> you know, go slow down this one road and see how many cars I can stack up. You know, like that's the only thing I could think. Like this kid could, was fucking doing. So anyway, he starts pursuing me, kind of. Like he wants to pass me back up, you know, and a couple of okay. times he got kind of close yeah, um, because of like traffic lights or whatever. But then um, <laughs> this is when the weird part came. Okay? okay. So I finally came to where I made a turn. Okay. And I watched in my rearview mirror and I saw him go past. So he like, he kept going straight, you know, and as I turned. Sure. All right. And so I'm thinking, okay, good. Like, Dude, who knows? This kid looked like he was probably about maybe early 20s or something like that. And, I mean, that kid could have had a gun. In that area, and in, in northwest Florida, all that, lower Alabama, they all have guns. Okay? okay? You never know who can have a gun and what mm. kind of gun it can be. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so I was like, okay, I, you know, good. I've got this little creepo off my ass now, right? And then I just glanced up again, and all of a sudden, there he is again in the fucking rearview mirror coming up, like hauling ass. I'm going, holy oh, shit. shit. He saw that he missed me turning and like turned around and is now, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm seeing coming up in my rearview mirror. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? So, I mean, I have a couple of pieces of, of um, rebar in the truck that I just keep just in case. Like I, now that I meditate, I, I never come close to ever like, thinking of needing them or whatever. But in that moment, I, mean, I looked down and I made sure I had them to where like, if the dude came close to me, I could throw them at him or something like that to, you know, like if he's got a gun or something like, dude, I, I was really starting to get worked up. <laughs> this mind you was after about 20, um, about 20 something, a little, no, about 21 hours of driving. And so it was starting to get kind of dark. And I figured that once it got dark, I'd pull over and sleep. But this got yeah. me so fucking worked up that once it got dark, I, you know, I kept driving. But so anyway, I'm looking, this kid's getting closer and closer. Okay. And so dude, I'm just getting like more pumped up and amped up and going, man, you know, I'm trying to be cool, trying to be teach peace here and everything, but fucko is coming up on me and he's, he's, he's poised, bring the shit on himself. Yeah. And, but then at one point, he, at one point I looked, I'm like, wait, is that him? Wait, no, 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 no. That, that bike looks like it could be a little bit bigger. And is that the same guy? And then I got another look. I was like, oh, shit. No, I think that is him. I think that is him. And then the next look, I was like, no, wait. No, 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 no. I don't. A couple of, of those instances. And then all of a sudden, dude got close to me enough to see that it was not the same guy. <laughs> it, was, it was the motorcycle was just slightly bigger. And the guy was just slightly bigger. But the look was almost the same. So from a distance, it looked like the same guy, man. And it tripped me the fuck out. It tripped me out so bad, man. But then once I saw it was a different guy, I just started laughing my ass off and was just like, son of a fucking bitch, that was weird, man. I'm glad that you're was okay, so though. Weird. I'm glad just, you're okay. But it wouldn't be surprising to me that some kid would be, like, so angry that he's going to come after me, you know, and, and, and make that turn and keep coming. Like, uh, anyway, so that was – other than that, it was a pretty, you know, uneventful drive there and back. You know, I almost hit a deer on the way back on mm. uh, Highway 190 in Texas between uh, Waco and, and where I hooked up, back up with the, uh, with the I-10. 
Um, and that's one 50 mile area, dude. I saw about 70 or 80 deer, just bigger deer, smaller deer, doe with their little, and, and maybe about a dozen that were, you know, had been hit and were dead on the side oh, of the road. Damn. But dude, I almost hit one. It was sitting right in the middle of the fucking road and it did not move. It was the epitome of the deer in the fucking headlights. And, um, well, you know what? It's a good thing it didn't move because I swerved and I missed it just barely. And if that thing had gone forward, boom, it, it would have been gnarly, dude. It would have fucked up my truck really bad. And it, who knows? It's always man, it scary, man. I mean, dri driving across the country, man. I mean, this country's so fucking big dude like it takes like a day just to drive through texas you, you know what i mean <laughs> dude they whoever made the map fuck up on texas like that's it's <laughs> way bigger it goes in it's way bigger than they actually mark it off man because but, that was hey, just uh but you know who doesn't have I, that problem though people from fucking the netherlands man because uh yeah their country is pretty damn small but you know what i mean it represents it's like a crossroads in europe man and the reason i talk about the netherlands is uh because we have a real special guest today who I see in the waiting room. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, oh, dude, I'm super stoked. Are, this guy is a legend. This dude's legendary in, in, in Amsterdam, man. Serious, um, man. He's a legend, man. And I'm not going to, you know what? I'm just going to make a real quick introduction. Basically, he's known as like one of uh, uh, Amsterdam's like just notorious graffiti writers, man. And then like uh, he actually. Yeah, from like the 80s. Yeah, man. And he actually made the, uh, we actually got the introduction from Frankie Hollywood, man. So, uh, thank uh, you, Frankie, bro. Thank you, man. That's how this works. Yeah, but I, I like this guy because he's a, he's a poet and an artist. You know what I mean? Like he has amazing images that he produces, but he also has his, uh, you know, his writings that he does uh, with the poetry that just, you know, that makes you think and go, wow, shit, man. So uh, I really, really dig him. Twice now, man. Welcome, Laser. Looks like he's still connecting. There you go. Uh, to audio. Yeah, that, can you hear us? I can hear you. You can hear me? Yes, yes. I can hear you. Yes, Thank you. Welcome to the show, man. We're so excited to talk to you. Thank you for uh, coming on the show, Laser. Uh, no problem, man. Thank you for having me. <laughs> you can see us, what, right? Uh, Back to you. Okay, great, great, great. We just want to make sure. I just need to rename. I just need to rename it. Just a second. That's better. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So, how are you guys doing? You good? Great. Since you can see us, I, I wore a special shirt today, man, because uh, yeah. You know what I mean? I know, uh, like, as you know, Amsterdam is one of my favorite cities in the world, man. And uh, really. Uh, yeah, definitely. I have a cousin who's half Dutch, so I've spent a lot of time there. And, um, uh, you, you know, whenever I go, go to Europe, I try to either fly into Amsterdam or fly yeah. out of Amsterdam, basically. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Because uh, also, uh, I, if you didn't know, I'm a, I'm a big weed smoker, man. And I just got this. I can see <laughs> I got this. You new see that large bong that that James is holding there from uh, yeah, yeah. Tommy Chong's uh, company, Daily High Club, man. And uh, one thing I learned about smoking weed, man, is and I just learned recently. Actually, I've been like uh, uh, always like a cheapo on the glass, man. And when you get like really? an expensive 
piece of glass, it actually improves the high, man. You, you know, it's a cleaner uh, smoke. You, you know what I mean? True, so. true. But <laughs> I, I, never, I, I never use bunks myself. I just like to use the, the joints. The splits, at right? Some point the, yeah. At some point, uh, the, the glass gets a bit uh, filled with tar and stuff. So, uh, but I don't yeah. smoke myself anymore. <laughs> I quit smoking like a long time ago. I love it, man, because, uh, well, anyways, I mean, uh, this is my co-host teacher um, in L.A. He's a uh, uh, he goes by Keith. I know it says his daughter's name right there. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I got my. <laughs> Not cool. But yeah, uh, teacher. Yeah, well, you know what? She's going to be a writer someday, too. So, you know. Sorry, what did you say? Say it again, teach. I said uh, she's going to be a writer probably someday, too. So, um, I, you know, I don't mind. Uh, I don't mind using her name. Oh, yeah. Perfect. So, so as I was saying um, earlier, we want to welcome you on the show. We got the introduction from uh, Frankie Hollywood, man. And one yeah. of the that um, for me, I was so excited to, to hear that you would be willing to come on the show because uh, in my opinion and in a lot of people's opinion, man, you're a legend in Amsterdam, man. Oh, really? Uh, thank you, man. <laughs> I just see Well, now, you know, uh, we've also heard that um, I believe it was from uh, Rio Hero. Was it real? Yeah, yeah. Hero, hero. Um, that that in in Amsterdam you can't really allow too much um, adoration. You know what I mean? Because uh, it's it's kind of against the uh, the the way there. You know, it's yeah, like you, do, you you don't you don't scream it off the roofs. It's uh, people don't do that really. So I, I I'm I'm kind of like that too. You know. So for me, it's that's that's so admirable. It's so opposite here. Yeah. In, uh, in America, and especially in California. I mean, well, you know, especially this area of California, Hollywood, we have a lot of people that are wanting to be actors and stuff. And so the only way you're going to get any attention is to toot your own horn and to get out yeah. there and say, look at me, look at how I'm doing great and doing <laughs> yeah, this yeah, yeah. doing that, you know. Um, but, uh, that reminds me, I've got a, a shirt on today that, that I think you might like there, Laser. Can you see what that says there? Yeah, I, I like it. Be our own precedent. Cool. You know. Uh, one of the things that, that uh, your friend Frankie actually says, one of my favorite things I've heard about our, our, our current administration, um, is that we got the president we deserved. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> True. Um, but anyway. So I've, I'm, I would like to, uh, um, if it's okay with you, um, someone like you that, is, that has been doing graffiti for so long, um, what was your, uh, your initial influence to start doing uh, graffiti? Well, um, graffiti in uh, Holland has a different trajectory and history than the New York one, because we weren't inspired by New York in the beginning. You had like squatters, punkers, and just kids hanging on the street writing graffiti, but it was mostly the punkers and the squatters that were writing their name everywhere. And I saw that as a kid. I didn't understand what it was. I just saw everything was scribbled under, but I just liked the imagery of it. So later on, you, uh, the punk graffiti, squatters graffiti went away. That went more into, I don't like the, to use the word, but maybe it's the best way to describe it, hooligan graffiti. Mm. And uh, I saw people like Dr. Smurry, Dr. Air, Harakiri, uh, to name a few. I saw all these names popping up uh, in the city and I was kind of wondering who these guys were. At the same time, you also had like rap music uh, starting to gain traction in the underground. So I was listening to a lot of that. And in combination with that, I just started 
copying what I saw on the street because it was just part of us living and hanging on the street that you also uh, naturally had to have your own tag name. But in the beginning, I didn't even know what I was doing, that it was named graffiti or tagging. It was just something that I liked to see and that I uh, uh, organically participated in. What, uh, if you don't mind my asking, what um, did, did you have uh, parents that uh, were together? What was your home life? Like, what kind of home did you come from? Um, I come from a big family. Uh, we are eight children. Uh, oh, my, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Did they ever figure uh, out what was causing the children? <laughs> I, I, yeah, they did. <laughs> no, but uh, we had a, I had a large family, and we were all pretty creative in our own way. But uh, in 1980, 1980, my dad and my mother separated. So we were kind of left alone with the family and my mother had to take care of eight children by herself. Wow. Oh my, and wow. Brave, brave. And uh, shout yeah. out to your mom, man. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. And that was kind of, yeah, kind of heavy. But I kind of found my way in art and reading books and drawing and that was kind of my escape from uh, from a lot of things that I was going through as a kid. Do you remember when you were a kid when you uh, were first drawing? Like uh, how old were you were and what did you draw at the beginning? I always drew. I remember that I think I was four or five. Mm, wow. I always was busy with uh, coloring books. So that was the, the my first memories like of doing art was like um, uh, coloring. Uh, all the coloring books that I got from my mom and I was like busy with it all the time and later on I just started drawing and I just loved it so much I was doing it uh, if I could I would be drawing the whole day so it was something that kind of was always there and now were you one of these kids that drew inside the coloring book lines or uh, you know or did you inside <laughs> Actually inside, because I remember that I hated my, that my brother was coloring outside and I was always <laughs> hustling him about it. I clearly I can do this that. better than you. Look, I'm yeah, seeing yeah. the lines. Yeah. I always, I always wanna, I, I'm always curious about that for uh, graffiti writers, because I would say that uh, doing graffiti is definitely drawing outside of the lines, but then you have, oh, yeah. <laughs> then you have this like need for perfectionist as an artist, right? So I, yeah, I, that's, yeah. I'm always curious about that basically. Um, but anyways, uh, go ahead, Teach. Well, I was just going to say, um, one of the things that I really uh, admire about your work is that um, you, you have uh, your artistic style um, yeah. where you do your renderings, and then you also have your, your written words. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that allows uh, maybe kind of a balance for you or something like that. Um, what, uh, when you started doing the, writing the words, um, how did... Uh, like how did how quickly would the idea come up as to when you would go and um, and actually spray it? And I noticed um, that you uh, you wouldn't spray on permanent surfaces, right? You would you would no. spray on um, surfaces like uh, construction walls or or fencing or something like that. Um, yeah. So uh, I, I have a, a huge admiration for that. I think that that's. Um, you know, you're, you're getting a message out there without doing uh, necessarily van permanent vandalism, you know what I yeah. mean? Um, but so when you come up with an idea for what you're going to write, um, how much time is it before you actually go out and write it? Uh, I write quite a bit. I have my notebooks. So mm. every time I have an idea, the ideas they come very quickly, you know, you see something in your head or you feel something and it evokes a, a, a sentence, an idea, and a line, and you capture that and 
one or two lines. I like to condense things. And it could take like a couple of days sometimes before I go out on the streets and uh, spray them on the wall on the, in the city. But sometimes uh, when I'm cycling through the city, I'm also in this, in this zone. So ideas also sometimes come up on the spot. So sometimes I'm like, yeah, in the flow of writing stuff on the streets and have all these sentences going through my head. And I don't even have to look at my notes. I just do it spontaneously. Mm. And I have to say, sometimes the spontaneous ones seems to be the ones that uh, turn out to be the most popular ones. Because maybe there's something that you capture a moment of your thing that kind of resonates immediately with people. So it's really interesting to That to makes that. perfect sense, man. When you're, uh, that's, that's just true artistry and, and poetry right there um, to me. You know, when you can come up with it on the spot and then just bang it out right there. Yeah. Um, you know, we all wish we could do that all the time, but, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's like you said, I, I actually do the same thing. I've, you know, every once in a while, I have, I have a really good idea, you know, and it's, it's one of those things where like with, uh, when I, when I was young, I, I used to think, Hey man, I think I want to be a comedian someday, but luckily, luckily I saw enough documentaries and, and information about it to help me realize that, no, I'm just funny every once in a while. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Comedian <laughs> is a whole different level. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you have um, to, you, that's something you have to do the whole day. You have to be obsessed with it, you know, and uh, I, I don't absolutely. think I could do it. I, I don't think I could be a comedian because I don't see myself as really funny. Although <laughs> people, people seem to laugh when I say certain things are like laughing, but I don't see myself as extremely funny. I think anything's like a muscle at the end of the day, right? You got to commit and you got to train basically, you know, to, uh, to what you do, man. And you know, one of the things also that we have a connection with, this show's mainly about street art, but uh, uh, yeah. also it's about DJing too, because uh, Teach is a street artist and I'm a DJ music producer. I know you do oh, DJing uh, your, yourself yeah. too, man. So, uh, you know, I always say that these two worlds, people don't understand, but they're for some reason adjacent underground worlds. And uh, yeah. they, 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 they coincide uh, side by side, man. And um, it's something that, uh, you know, I always just mentioned Banksy's a DJ and now I could say Laser314 is a DJ as well too, man. I mean, yeah. why do you think that is that uh, it, it's connected, man? I mean, um, in your opinion. I, I think it's the, the DJing and the street art and the graffiti thing. I have no idea because every, every how do you call it? Every graffiti festival or uh, event I go, it was just there. But I think it has to do also with the roots of graffiti and the roots of, um, of breakdancing and mm. rap music and, 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 and the DJing. It, it all came together almost simultaneously. So it, it wasn't that, it's not a strange idea that those worlds immediately collided because they were all part of this underground scene that was popping up You're almost right. at the same time. Yeah, many so, people call but, it the uh, the pillars of hip hop. You, you know what I mean? That's yeah, the five five pillars of hip hop. Uh, yeah, yeah. The funny thing, I was talking to to a couple of these old uh, graffiti writers like Blade and Quick, and they hated that 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 uh, they don't they're not really into this five pillars thing, and they don't see the connection with rap and uh, and graffiti that much because they say when we grew up, I, um, Quick said. Um, Black Sabbath was my uh, favorite band, you know, and uh, Blade said, yeah, I was into soul. So for us, it's a bit weird that all these things, but people see it now as these five pillars of hip hop. But when we started, we actually started out separately. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, but that's for cool. my generation, 
Yeah, but for but for my generation, it all came together. So we came into the with the into the the wave after them, and then I, it became like this thing, you know. Yeah, I love that, man. Actually, you know, we know uh, obviously we know approximately how old you are. Can you give us a better idea about how old you are, just so people can relate? Uh, Forty-seven. Okay. Forty-seven. Wonderful. Yeah, I'm fifty-one. Wonderful. <laughs> I'm uh, uh, to be forty-seven. I, I don't again, look. I don't look it. <laughs> I love it because you know what you have. We have a a, a Jet X perspective of uh, um, uh, I guess a street art and graffiti, and you're learning from yeah. uh, people who, like you said, who grew up in the '70s, who are maybe considered yeah. boomers, uh, baby boomers. I guess boomers is not a okay friendly. <laughs> it's not so friendly of a word now. But let me ask you, um, uh, what what hip hop? What uh, records do you love? I mean, you love hip hop, right? For me, I'm a, I, you know, I love all kinds of music. I love classic yeah, rock. Same here. I listen to everything. If you come to my house, you see like a record. I have like a, a fast, kind of fast record collection. And it's everything from old school rap to funk, disco. I love new wave. I love disco. I love 90 stuff, you know, I love rock. I just bought all the Led Zeppelin remasters on vinyl. You know, so Ooh, uh, amazing. See, I got I got my uh, Led Zeppelin uh, posters on the I mean uh, records oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the wall right yeah. there, as you can see, man. As yeah. you can, I'm a wide variety kind of guy too, man. I mean, my first love was classic rock, so I, I started collecting vinyl through classic rock records, yeah. you know. But then, obviously, I grew up in the '90s, so uh, you know, I have a and in LA, right? So I have an affinity yeah. for hip hop, of course, and then. Uh, you know, um, around 2000, uh, uh, I would say um, three or four, I took my first pill of uh, ecstasy and then I started going. <laughs> clubbing. <laughs> I started, clubbing. Yeah, exactly. I, I started clubbing and I just couldn't, uh, you know, now I produce all music, but uh, I, I actually, I, met, I mainly produce house now, you, you know, house music. Oh, yeah, really? Uh, cool. Yeah. We, hey, we should collaborate, man. I would love to. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah let's do it, man. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can. We could do something. I could do read some poetry and send it to you and see what you can do with it. You know. Oh, amazing, man! I would love that Dude, as a sample, man. man. You have such a cool voice, awesome. man. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, I'm about an international collaboration right there, man. That's awesome. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> you know what I would love, man? The amount of like uh, street artists that are actually or people involved in the street art graffiti scene that actually do music. There's so many yeah. of them, man. I would love to have a show. That is all these like, imagine if you can have like Banksy, but at Shepherd Ferry, yeah. but they're not showing their art. They're DJing. Oh, yeah, perfect. They're just DJing. <laughs> because is, they're is all Banksy DJing. DJ, is, is DJ, Banksy DJing also? Yeah, that's what I heard. This is, this is what I've heard. Oh, you know, okay. yeah. I know you Shepard know, so. is doing it. I know <laughs> Shepard is a DJ for sure, but Banksy, I, I never met him, so I don't know if he does that. Yeah, well, I mean, you guys are definitely from the same era, though, I, I would say, man, yeah, or at yeah. least close, you, you know what I mean? Because uh, in Europe, I'm, like I said, in, uh, you know, UK is such a big uh, street, uh, scene for the graffiti street art scene, especially after, you know, Bristol and everything like that. I would say that um, in Europe, Amsterdam and Berlin are also major hubs, right? Or uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe even uh, um, Warsaw, too, would you say? Yeah, but I have to say Amsterdam kind of lowered on the the graffiti ranking because there's not a lot of graffiti at the moment around in the city. Mm. They kind of cleaned everything up. 
And then sometimes the moment you put something up, it's gone very fast. So especially when did they when start do, doing that? When did they start doing the cleaning up quickly? In the in the nineties, in the nineties, uh, and uh, they totally in the the city up, painted everything, repainted it, made all the walls clean, and it's hard to find a lot of graffiti in the city center. So things moved quite a bit to trains, and the outskirts uh, of Amsterdam and. Um, how do you call it? Sounds, uh, sound screen, the screens for the, yeah, next to the highway. You have all these screens and sound. And you see oh, like yeah. a lot I of saw graffiti. a lot of that. I saw yeah. a lot of that when we were in, in the last time that James and I were in Amsterdam, uh, driving in from the um, uh, airport and, and going out, seeing all yeah. the graffiti, just like you were saying, along the, uh, yeah. the sound uh, of the, uh, the highway, the sound, sound barrier, so yeah, yeah, so. Oh, man, tons and yeah. tons and yeah, tons and it's of like out there. Talk. So everything moved from the city center to places like that. And there's a lot of trains being done at the moment. So sometimes I'm standing on the station, you see like train after train graffiti. So that's, it kind of moved to another thing. But I kind of miss it in the city because I think uh, graffiti also adds to, to, to something in the city. You need to have some sharp edges in the city, you know? Otherwise it's kind of... Yes. Sterile. Uh, sterile. Sterile. Yeah, it becomes sterile. Culture, some reality, some real words from real people that uh, that aren't paid for, you yeah, know, by right. a massive corporation or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, that's why I uh, went on the street because sometimes you, the reason why, one of the reasons I also went to do the poetry was like I saw these mega advertisement and stuff that, words and advertisement where people wanted to sell you something you know and I thought like that's it's just there's something missing there's just something missing like somebody who just does words for for people and I just wanted to try that out you know it was kind of when I started out it was just an experiment just to see if it works and if it connects and it kind of worked you know so but speaking of which james can we do the uh do our little segment where we uh yeah 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 one second let me let, let me uh we have a little segment we just uh we're gonna get uh going here we got a little sound effect that goes with it check your feet <laughs> okay <laughs> what was that <laughs> that was a little uh, uh just a little we do a little segment called check your feed basically and, okay, uh, cool. and what we're gonna do is uh we're gonna bring up your uh instagram feed basically and then well, those uh, are the people that are watching on uh, on the youtube that we're gonna be putting up and then we're uh, just gonna go over know, some of to... your work uh but the, at the end of the day man i still want to talk to you about a few issues i mean obviously we have the coronavirus at hand we have uh um yeah. we have a couple issues of uh um I talk to somebody international about too like uh, the taking down of uh, statues and things like that, man. So, uh, yeah. uh, you, you know, let, we have a lot of But talk for now. Yeah. Uh, so Check we just brought up, the, brought up your feed real quick, man. I'm just going to – you have this cool style of handwriting, man. Um, oh, really? It, it, oh, definitely, man. We enjoy it very much. <laughs> I, I find it very readable but um, very human in the, in the same, uh, you know, in the same aspect. Now, um, you know – Go ahead. The funny thing is, when I was a kid, I really loathed my handwriting. So uh, it took me a while to to write like this. It's just something that I really had to practice because in the beginning it was not not what it is now, obviously. But yeah, it takes time to to get a handle on things. 
What's your preferred And in marker? the same respect, if you go, if like you spend a uh, time, maybe a few months or something like that without writing and then go back to it, how long does it take you to get your exercises in before you're back to the same handwriting? Yeah, but with the handwriting, it's uh, because I write, obviously, even when I don't spray it. Uh, with, it, it's more with drawing that takes me a while to get back. You know, I sometimes had, didn't draw for like, I think a couple of months or sometimes a year. I was in this period that I didn't draw for a year. And to get back at it, it was so difficult. It, uh, you have to overthink it. Even when I, if I would, I haven't done a piece, a graffiti piece in I think two years now. If I would would go out and try to make a piece now i have to so much think about what i'm doing whether if i do but if i do a couple of months again it just becomes something very natural but with the writing i haven't yet to stop for a couple of months and then restart it amazing man um can i ask you what your like normally for markers what kind of marker do you usually use man uh adding most of the times I use adding if I, if I use a marker or uh, Molotov. Okay, interesting. And uh, um, so when you, when do you usually, it's always spray can when you do it on the plywood though, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, look at that. I just, like the, I just like the effect of it. I just think uh, I did it, I tried it with markers, but it just doesn't feel right. You know, there's something in the, with, with, it's something in the flow of when you use spray can that you can't emulate with uh, with market. It's uh, people can write very beautiful with markers, but for my work, I think spray paint works the best. I great, agree. Great. I love the. I really enjoy the aesthetic, and and you know when you're writing out on the streets and you're going over boards and stuff like that, um, it just it has more of a flow when you're using the uh, the spray can because yeah. if you're using that marker, and I don't care how juicy that head is. You know, it's still going to hit those those edges yeah. on the on the plywood or whatever surface you're hitting and cause some runs where you don't necessarily want it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But I, wow, I'm just breathing. I'm just looking at some of the the handwriting on here, man. It's just some beautiful work. Um, can you pull one? Yeah. Here we go. Her name is Dawn, and she rides the hills. It it was a part of a poem uh, that I wrote. Oh, great. And it was from I think it was it was for my first podcast. So this was a segment that I um, uh, that I really liked. So I, I lifted it out from a long poem. Awesome! How is, what's your uh, what's your podcast and where can uh, we find it? You can find it on SoundCloud and it's called Where to Begin. Where to Begin? Like that. Okay. Let me pull that. Up and it's like gotta... uh, we did uh, two f- episodes now, and we're working on the third one. But uh, sadly, the guy I'm working with. His father passed away this weekend, so he said, "Like I, he can't work for uh, for a moment now." But uh, we're gonna pick it up uh, after he comes back, you know. But uh, he's going wow, to do something. Wow. Okay. Now, okay. Well, James and I can tell you one thing for sure, dude. With something like this, the podcast, take your time. Yeah. Do it when you're ready to do it because it it becomes enjoyable. Yeah. And um, you know, and as long as you're somewhat consistent, yeah. you know. Uh, even if it's, you know, a, a stall of, of a few weeks at a time, something like that, as long as you're consistently putting something out, um, like, you know, once a month uh, yeah. or something like that, it's going to start building and um, we're going to, we'll do our best to, to help that as well. So um, I look forward to, uh, to listening to it, man. Yeah. Thank you, man. Yeah. I just, just brought a it quick up. Question. Um, oh, wow. 
yeah uh, laser314.com basically there's a podcast but uh i mean you know you can just automatically uh find it here and then there's a listen here button basically um so hey i, I wanted to ask you uh laser since you know we don't have uh international guests that often usually we're uh doing american uh street artists and uh, djs basically but since we have you on here man i want to get a third party's perspective in terms of uh you know how uh, you know what are united states currently their reputation i guess is uh, in europe you, you know what i mean I, could you kind of give us like a general idea or teach go ahead wait 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 before you before you get into that i just want to go over something right quick sure the uh 3.14 oh, yeah. after laser um, I'm assuming that refers to pie. Yes, um, pie. How did uh, how did you come about deciding to include that in your name? I always wanted to have a number uh, behind my tag um, because I was inspired like, by people like Futura 2000, and in Amsterdam you had Tom 32, Beat 53, stuff like that. So I also always wanted to, something with the number behind it, but I couldn't figure out which one. I tried Laser 3000 and it also was a bit silly. And then I was listening to, um, you know this brand called Pill, Public Image, Public Image Limited? Mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, the Sex Pistols. Oh, okay. The band after the Sex Pistols by Johnny Rutten was called uh, Pill, Public Image. And they have, the, they have this, they, I have a seven inch single of them. One side is called This Is Not A Love Song. But the B-side is called uh, Public Image. And I was listening to it and I was looking at the record spin. And I just thought, hey, the, the pie and the I of public, the first letters of public and image make pie. I said, hey, that's 314. And I thought to myself, hey, as a graffiti artist, you kind of try to create this public image and this public awareness with your work. And uh, that's why I took it. So it means pie, public image. That was the whole thing. I love Great that, man. I also like... I also like that, um, I mean, Pi, technically the number keeps going. Yeah. It just keeps going and going. And if you look at that as, you know, a graffiti artist that just keeps going and going, yeah. I think it's uh, an awesome uh, number to pick, man. So um, yeah. really, really digging that. Okay, so on to our, uh, our lovely administration. And, um, you know, just to preface this, this question, you know, um, America, used to be looked at as one of the world powers. Um, and, you know, I think we, we still are in the, as far as military um, uh, artifacts are considered. Um, but as far as being respected um, for what we are as a country and everything, um, what, what, uh, what's, your, what's your feel at this point? <laughs> Jesus, what a question, man. Because I've, ne I've never been to America. I follow America, uh, American politics. So uh, I follow it. Real quick. Okay. See, see that, though? That's the big, biggest difference right there already. Laser has never been to America, but he follows American politics. I don't think there's very many people who are American have a clue of what's going on outside of America. No. So, so anyways, please yeah. continue. That's a, that's me, a key point me. right there. Yeah, but for me, I never set foot in there. So for me, I just, for me, it's like what I read in the news and I try to read CNN, I try to see Fox News, I try to see this, try it, because to get all the perspective. It's exactly the same thing I do. I yeah. totally agree. And, uh, but I, I have a bit of problem with this uh, tearing down of statue because, this, uh, because I love history, good or bad. And I think 
uh, it's good to also have uh, have these statues up, warts and all, because you can learn from it. Yeah. If you sanitize everything, you take away all this. You're not going to learn. Uh, you're not going to learn anything uh, from it. And you can't change the past. You know, you can tear down the statues, but the past is still going to be the past. And that's something you can't change. That's why. I always have a problem with destroying um, uh, 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 yeah, it's destroying art is what it's doing. Yeah, that's it's destroying me, it's, history. Yeah, and I have a bit of problem with that. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, yeah, but it's, uh, it's dubious and yada, yada, yada. But I said, yeah. I've, got a, I've got a quick uh, take on it. And that is that um, I think that everything has a place. Um, I think that maybe the placement of some of these statues could be changed. Yeah. Like um, maybe we have a place where all these statues that have been torn down should be relocated to. And it's a building that says, Hey, here's our mistakes. Check yeah. out the, the monuments we've yeah. made, yeah. you know, in honor of our mistakes, instead of leaving them in prominent places in society where people in the future you know, like if an alien was to come down and look and say, well, oh, they must admire this person that is placed here yeah. on these horses above this Indian and, and slave in front of this museum. This must be what they, you know, uh, really, well, you, know, you see what I mean? Bring so, that up. Other, but I, on the other, I think it should also be a democratic. Democratic democratic um, uh, thing because if you do it through violence people are not going to respect your opinion too much about it. do you understand what i'm saying if yeah, yeah no, totally. I, I totally agree i you just kind of lose the way a very peaceful way of of maybe taking all these statues and putting them in a nice peaceful building <laughs> yeah of, but no. if, otherwise your message is going to be lost because people are going to remember taking down a bit the the the, the statues they're going to remember something else you know yes and, uh, well one yeah, of the no, I, I, absolutely reason i wanted to bring that. this up real quick and i'll just bring up a uh, a picture of it real quick okay um this is outside the new york uh one of the new york museums oh yeah it's just okay, talking about the, the teddy uh, felt yeah look at that man an american i mean <laughs> I'm telling you, even myself, I couldn't probably name like any Dutch kings, but dude, I, I just, I love that about Dutch people, man. They understand what's going on in the world, you know what I mean? But here's the thing. So uh, I, I, I brought up this post actually a few, uh, um, uh, like a week, a couple weeks ago, actually. So they wanted to take the statue down because they were saying that this is racist because it's implying that the uh, Native American and uh, the, the African uh, slave, basically, <clears throat> they, uh, they're lower than the, um, the president on the horse, basically. But uh, so I, I did some digging, basically, and um, I, I Googled and let's find, uh, I'll, I'll find the, the artist later. But basically, I think in 1920, the artist, when he actually made this um, uh, statue, basically, he was trying to portray these two guys as guides. And when, you know, when you guide a horse, you kind of like yeah. usually you stand and walk, basically. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. You know what I mean? And then so basically, I think, uh, you know, throughout. And they the, should have been in front of the horse. That's true. That's true. You know, the angle, I, I, the angle. I also. Go ahead. I also, I also grew up in the, 
in the 70s, 80s. He also, for me, this is nothing new because for me, it's another moral panic. And moral <laughs> panic makes people kind of blind. So right. you see something and you just make an abstract idea of something and you don't need to necessarily look at the background. And I think that's kind of lost because they also tore down a, a statue of a black abolitionist. Dude, your English is awesome, okay? Just so yeah. people who are listening understand, you know, uh, the, 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 the language of the Netherlands that they speak in, in Amsterdam um, I had, um, I had Freddie speak a little bit, just like a couple of sentences, what it sounds like, just so people understand that, you know, this is like a, a Dutch German type language that yeah. has a ton of extra, uh, vowels in it. And, um, you know, the, dude, you're, you're, so just want to say your, your English is excellent. Please take your time. Do not worry about it. Uh, because sometimes I trample off a certain word, but it was this black abolitionist that got torn down and it was like, why you know that's that then it's some then, be, then it becomes for me a moral panic if you take down lincoln statues yeah yes. then, I'm, then you're kind of losing the message because lincoln was actually pretty awesome you know? and yes. then it becomes like oh it's, it's a white guy okay tear him down then it's something superficial for me do you understand where i go then it becomes yes. something okay let's but yeah it's it's I think it's so important before you tear down something, ask people about what it means and what is the meaning of the art, what is the meaning of the, the history behind it. And now people are just tearing down stuff in a moral rage. And it just reminds me of the moral rages that I saw in the 80s where, uh, what was the, Judas Priest, um, uh, kids were committed suicide because of Jewish, Judas Priest. And, they started burning records of Judas Priest and record roll records. And it kind of feels a bit the same way. Do you understand right. what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, yeah, if you're, if you're playing the art. backwards or something like that, it was like, you know, some devil message or something like that. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, and it's crazy, like, crazy. They hysteria. did it to the Beatles, too, which is the most ridiculous yeah. thing, right? You know? <laughs> yeah, that, there was something recently also about Penny Lane, and it was something also racist. And I said, it's not racist, you know. The, the, the song was about Penny Lane. There was you paid a penny to, for that to go across the lane or something. I don't know what it was, but it has something to do with that has nothing to do with racism. Yeah, they and said there was. Uh, it was. They, it might have been named after a guy named James Penny, who was a slave trader, yeah. basically. Um, but yeah, let's go, real quick. I, I'm what I'm trying to say is that. Uh, you know, we can interpret this like, hey, the, 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 uh, the Indian and the slave, they're behind the horse. But I'm, I'm just yeah. saying that the, this is from the, the, the mouth of the artist, basically. It says, Roosevelt mounted on Pegasus, though, in fact, is in the garb of a hunter. Pegasus, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Is, uh, is in the garb of a hunter uh, accompanied by two pedestrian guides representing America and Africa. Basically, that, that's from straight from the mouth of the artist, okay? And then I'm saying in 1999, there was a professor that basically started arguing that, well, the statue erected when the museum was openly racist and the arrangement of the figures meant to advocate white supremacy, okay? So that was 1999, a professor, uh, academic, uh, said that. In 2017, there was a black artist uh, um, who said that Teddy Roosevelt is sitting there on the left-hand side of him is a Native American walking, and the right-hand side is him African-American walking representation of white society 
uh, social hierarchy in America, basically. So, like, my problem is that, like, you know, like I said, it's I'm not connected to the statue. I, I could give a fuck, you know, like, to be honest, you know, they should just put it away somewhere. But I, I what bothers me is, like, the changing of the interpretation <clears throat> of the original yeah. things. You, you, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. what wasn't, it's like, we were talking about uh, the NAACP before. That, that's the National Association of Colored People. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, okay. You can't even call people colored people because that's racist now, right? So, I mean, should yeah. we abolish Yeah, what, we have to call them, is it black now? They're blacks? Yeah, yeah, because, uh, yeah, exactly. Or African-Americans. They're, well, you can't say African-American always because that's racist because there could be Jamaicans that are actually in the U.S. Right, you're right. <laughs> See what I mean? We're getting away from the fucking point, right? You, you know what I mean? What do you think about that, Laser? <laughs> what I notice is that the word racism doesn't mean any, it kind of loses its value because it started to mean so many things. They... They broaden it so wide that it kind of loses its original meaning. You understand? At some point, yeah. everything, everything is yeah. racist. Yeah. For me, it's even confusing. Like, yeah, what is it now? You know, is it racism the way we were brought up with it, or is everything suddenly racist? Because at some point, you're gonna go like, when everything is racist, nothing is gonna be racist anymore. You're gonna run, <laughs> run, run against the no, wall. You're, you're absolutely Very right. True. It becomes hyper hypersensitive yeah. and you know um i think it has a lot to do with all these different media outlets and all the hype that it's that it's causing you know because if if you don't have a central um leader that says hey this is racism this isn't yeah you got all of these different you know medias saying well yeah this is yeah this is no it isn't yeah it is no it isn't yeah it is then you start getting the confusion yeah and I think and, a lot of people are very confused and nobody wants yeah. to be a racist. And that kind of creates this moral panic because a lot of people want to, to show that they're not racist. So they're going to prove it, you know? Like, yeah. And, and here in America, uh, you know, unfortunately, most people are not that smart and don't even understand what it's all about, you know? Yeah. And it's, I, I find it sad what's happening because... All this moral panic is kind of, uh, it's so divisive for me because we also have it here yes. now. With it kind of went over the pond and we also have it here. And it's kind of so divisive because for me, I grew up, when I grew up in the 80s, we didn't even think about stuff like that. We were like, oh, that's an Italian guy. That's a guy from Argentina. That's a guy from Chile. That's a guy from Suriname and the Dutch Antilles. And we just hung out, you know, and it was, there was nothing. We didn't discuss. We didn't care. We didn't care how you looked, or we were just friends, you know. And I kind of find that even in Amsterdam, it's kind of getting lost because of this, this panic, and everybody's so afraid of racism, and there's Nazi around every corner and under every bed, and it's so frustrating because it creates this. Um, it's divided. It's divisive, just like you said. Yeah. Um, you know what? I kind of wonder if it also has to do with the 24-hour news cycle. You yeah, know, absolutely. like they need People, something. They need something to fill dead airtime. Yeah. You know, but and it's if also you have all that extra time. You got to fill it with something, which could be racism. I think also the coronavirus, because people had nothing to do, they weren't going to the work, and we were sitting at home. So people had so much time to think about stuff like that, and they got this pumped 
through social media and yada yada yada. So at some point it just erupted, and yep. uh, it was just bizarre to see. But yeah, I think if you have nothing to do all day, at some point, and to be honest, we live in the West, so the standard of living is really high, you know. Uh, um, so at some point you're gonna be busy. What has uh, what has the the COVID experience been like for you, Laser? Uh, funny thing is, because I'm an artist, I always work at my studio or at home, and I'm practically when I work, I'm most of the time by myself. So for me personally, not a lot of has changed. The only <laughs> thing that changed was that the city was very quiet at night, and I could do my work a bit better this <laughs> year. But uh, it was just weird for me. It was just weird because my life and my art went on. Right. Some projects that uh, went a little bit different than I anticipated. But at the end, did you feel more or less creative, or notice any any uh, you know otherwise? Uh, I was because it uh, was a subject that was on my mind quite a bit. It were also tripled into my work, obviously. So I started writing about stuff like that, but. Uh, Overall, I just went on with living, and I had more time with my son, which I loved, you know. So, uh, but it was awesome. just weird that certain things I couldn't do. I couldn't go to the gym, or uh, we couldn't go out for, for 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 food. But the first week was a bit like you had to adjust, but at some time we just adjusted, and that's really interesting to see how fast people can adjust to a situation. It went really like but we adjusted, you know, and now we have yeah. to adjust back. Now we have to adjust back because it starts to get busy again. And so that's kind of, yeah. Well, dude, I hope you guys handle it better than, than we're handling it now. Cause as you can see or read or whatever, we're, uh, you know, parts of the United States are going to be closing back down again. And, uh -huh. um, cause of the mismanaged, um, leadership on, I think a lot of people's different parts, um, and confusion, and mask wearing and everything. I don't know what's going to happen in this country. Now, let, I mean, I like to ask... say that James and I are going to come visit you soon, but we're not even allowed <laughs> to come over there, I don't think, right now. I'm now, is it a problem? That. Is it a problem in Amsterdam for some people? Because it's, I, I heard there's some stories in France of people not wanting to wear masks and things like that. But in America, it's become like a political issue. If you're like a right-wing, you know, a uh, person, a conservative, a lot of people, not everybody, they don't want to wear a mask because they feel like it's infringing on their freedom, you, you know? Now, is it like that at all in um, Amsterdam? Are there people no, that are not just... Really, not really, not really. People, uh, if you go to the, if you take the public transport, a lot of people are wearing masks. Some don't. Uh, in the, wait, in the public transport, it's mandatory, you will get a fine. Mm. But on the street, sometimes you see people with masks and other uh, other people not. But it's not really a political statement. It's just the way people are here, you know. People don't. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. People, people are. Uh, they understand uh, the more variables in Amsterdam than in America, yeah. man. Like we're we're so rigid in terms of uh, in terms of any change at, at all. You, you know, a lot of people. Um, I, I think it's just really interesting because you know. I, for me, I'm I'm missing Europe right now. Summertime, it's like really? the perfect time to go to Ibiza, oh, you know, go to Amsterdam, uh, and hang out, man. And uh, you know, it sucks because literally Americans, we aren't allowed to go to uh, Europe right no. now. And it, California, we might as well not even leave because we can't even go to places like New York because we got a quarantine. You know? Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, 
they, I don't they think they can really they... enforce it. There's any real way they can enforce it, basically. But I mean, that's the uh, the the standard they want you to follow. Um, now, uh, just curious. I mean, are you guys over uh, pretty much over the pandemic? I mean, everybody's just kind of being cautious, wearing masks right now. But I mean, I there's not. Yeah, we're we're everything opened up again but it's still very quiet the restaurant they, what they wanted to do uh, on the first of july like you could only allow 100 people in a restaurant or in a club but they let that go and the only thing you have to do is like keep this one and a half meter uh, uh, space between people mm. and that's it but overall you can let in uh, as many people as you like but they said, like, they're going to monitor everything. And if, it's, if the cases go up again, they're going to have to uh, rewind a lot of that day, uh, unwind again. Yeah. yeah you know, I, I mean, for us, to be honest, like, just to tell you locally here, once they opened up everything, all the young yeah. people just went to all the nightclubs, the all the beaches the and everything. On top of that, we had the protests where everybody's, you know, just yelling and, uh, you know, aerosolizing <laughs> coronavirus, yeah. you know, and everything like that. So, I mean, you know, it's just so interesting to see um, uh, how each culture is handling it, man. And uh, yeah. yeah, you know, and I think, you know, if, if this year they canceled the Olympics, you, you know what I mean? But uh, uh, the USA has won in terms of uh, how many deaths we've had, man. And that's fucking horrible, if you know what I mean. Well, they're talking about what they're going to do opening schools back up now. You know, I, I have uh, twin, uh, well, they'll be 10 next month. Uh, so, you know, twin 10-year-olds. And, um, you know, they're supposed to be starting the fourth grade uh, August 18th. And mm -hmm. um, right now, I think they have it scheduled where half the kids are going the first part of the day and then uh, – going home and then the other half are doing the last part of the day yeah, that's and then too. the rest of it we have to do on zoom meetings with the teachers and stuff like that um so you know uh and then we have uh you know they're saying uh the president is is asking florida schools to open back up completely and i mean dude what are you trying to do this is insane kids have no no you know, ability to, to keep to themselves some of it at, 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 you know, younger ages, like first, second, third graders, kindergartens and stuff like that. They can't help but be all over each other. But you know what's weird? I feel like when I was a kid, man, there was a lot of times that, uh, let's just say the teacher had a little bit of a flu or something like that. And then she was still teaching the class, you know? And the, yeah. the crazy thing oh, is yeah. kids die of the flu for sure, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, everyone you know I mean? dies. For sure, yeah, they die of the flu. So all different so, ages are getting affected by this so, damn flu. Yeah, so the virus. Excuse me. I mean, I mean, we're not. I'm not talking about the virus, but I'm just talking about the normal flu. Like kids do die of the flu, basically, right? Mm -hmm. So right. It's interesting because it's like they didn't shut down schools if like somebody had like you know that was sick. But now it's just like it's it must be so tough on your parents because. Um, like I said, now well, it's, it's just, just it's the uh, it's how new, easily it's transferred. That's that's the difference. The, yeah. the flu is is you is is a lot harder to to get. Whereas this, they're but even the kids saying usually, now, what? But I'm saying that the, most of the kids 
uh, don't die of the coronavirus. They just shake it off. You, you know what I mean? From what I've, from what I've seen. Well, here's the thing. You know, it's not necessarily done in a lot of them yet. It may develop into something else. That's true. That's the one thing they do not know about this flu is after it goes through you one time, maybe you know, it could come down to your blood type, whatever genetics you have. That's definitely for sure about certain things. But with certain people, it could last in them forever. And it could fuck up, you know, developments future on in their life. They have no idea what the hell this flu, this, I mean, this virus is capable of. And now they're saying that it stays in the air. (laughs) It stays in the air a lot longer than they were originally um, knowledgeable of. But I think the effect of it, of of this pandemic, we we can't see it now. And it's going to take a long while before we're going to see what's going to happen with it. What's it going to do to our body? What's the the long-term effect? We don't know it. That's true. Really yeah. That's right. That's, that's what I'm saying. And, and you know, um, it just, uh, it's, it's sad to see that America is just nowhere near as, um, you know, uh, I don't know if the word, you know, just being good about being disciplined as Europe is yeah. with, with being oh, careful. Here, over here, everybody, every country has its own way of handling it. It's really weird to see how. Germany was handling it, how Holland was handling it, how Sweden was handling it. They didn't do any restrictions, you know. And it was just fascinating. But it, it, I, nobody knew what was going on, and it was just panic, you know. So, uh, well, how I would understand. you give your, how would you give Holland? I mean, with in terms of handling it, do you feel like they, ha- like, are the deaths in? Let me look up the deaths in Holland. But I mean, uh, it was it high in, in terms of? I think you guys handled it pretty well, basically, right? And they closed down everything very fast, and it was very frustrating for everybody. But everybody went went along with it. But um, well, I think uh, I, people I, I, of the I, Netherlands I, just have a stronger stock. You know what I mean? Just their genes—they're <laughs> like they're just built to handle this stuff. You oh, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. A hell of a lot better than wussy Americans. I mean, look at that—the whole country has six thousand deaths, man. I know it's a small country, but Jesus, it's like you know we we're, we're like you know getting close to like a couple hundred thousand or something like that you, you know what i mean so we're at 130,000 we just passed 130,000 how many people there are around 300 million people in america right yes correct okay. how many are there in holland 17 17 million yeah that's it uh, let me get a calculator here we're <laughs> <laughs> very small just, but still no okay, no I'm so. just, what i'm just saying is like we can compare the uh, the population of los angeles Okay, like similar to people, uh, Amsterdam. How many people are doing? Yeah, it's at 17 million. Uh, in Los Angeles, we have, uh, um, you know, I think we have like 14 or something like that. So, but anyways, at the end of the day, man, we're just doing a horrible job, man. Like, I, I know the U.S. is a big place, but when you look at combined Europe, all these countries, the amount of coronavirus deaths they have, it's so much lower than the uh than the u.s man and uh i don't know why that is man italy at it very bad that was like uh that was like one of the worst i think one of the worst places in the world that that italy and spain yeah they were really hit hard Italy has thirty-four thousand, uh almost thirty-five thousand deaths uh you know um spain when you consider the population of italy that's a lot more than than america yeah totally totally the ratio yeah 
And the Spain is also closing down now. Some parts, I think, in Catalonia. Catalonia, yeah. There, there's an area that they shut down. That's near Barcelona or whatever. Um, and I'm heading there. There's in uh, two weeks. I'm heading there for holidays. So we're going to see if uh, if it's going to be closed down or not. But uh, yeah. Oh man, I hope it's open for you. And yeah, I hope, I hope, I hope fun, it's man. open and we have a good time there. Otherwise, it's it's also okay now. Yikes. Man, I, I okay. So you know, I feel, I feel like uh, we we got to get back to talking about lasers art because I I just got depressed, man, from uh talking about <laughs> yeah, please, yeah, uh, too much reality right now. We need to get back into some. Uh, I mean, we are coming up on an hour, man. But the, and we obviously we got to have laser on again, man. And we love to you know support your podcast in any way uh, in any way we can, man. But I want to do uh, our our finish our little check your feed segment basically. So I'm just going to yeah. go, up. I'm going to like pick some random ones, man. And I'm just going to ask you a little bit about uh, uh, one, one of the pieces. Okay. Um, yeah. I can remember what it was again. What, sure. What sure. Uh, th- well, I, I, this one sticks out to me, man. You have now been activated. Uh, I mean, wh- what, were, what was going through your mind when you uh, uh, came up with this piece it's, in your mind? It, it was, uh, it was about low-key indoctrination that you see everywhere and um, it activates people into activist and that was a bit the idea that i behind it love that you understand yeah. it? i love the simplicity of it man <laughs> it's like uh, the manchurian candidate I'm, I'm pronouncing it wrong no you're so pronouncing it right manchurian candidate manchurian, right? manchurian candidate and um you know the story. It was a film with, I think it was with, I forgot the name of the singer, Frank Sinatra was it was in it, and he was programmed, and suddenly he becomes activated, and he wants to assassinate somebody. So that was a bit the idea behind it. Ah, okay. <laughs> love that, man. I love that. And I uh, thought it was like you could. It, it. I wrote it when, when they did all these pro, when the protests started, and it became violent. You know. Oh yeah, felt yeah. Like people have been. That there was this knob that went was turned off, and people were, became into these mindless drones that were robbing and pillaging, and it, it felt for me like that at some point. Now what, this, this is the, this is the people outside the um, uh, peaceful protest, by the way. Of course. Now were there were there there were protests, peaceful protests in Amsterdam as well too. Was there looting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, there was. I don't remember. There was no. There was hardly any looting. It was just that uh, it, it, it was done so under dignified. Yeah, but it was on the the first of July, and people we were all annoyed because the, the mayor allowed it to happen on the day that uh, all the restaurants and bars went open, but uh, uh, they had restrictions, and she should, the people were saying, yeah, she should have stopped it because it doesn't look good, you know. Was there like extra coronavirus? A lot of people put in a lot of hard work and quarantine, quarantining, and and then she allowed uh, a demonstration of a couple of thousand men, uh, women. So people were a bit pissed off about that. Yeah, it's understandable. People blamed her quite a bit for it, that she didn't say you can't do it. Yeah, you know, was there a spike in coronavirus after the protest for you guys? Just curious, because there definitely no. was for us. No, for us, um, I didn't hear nothing yet. So uh, we're st- they're still monitoring it. Yeah, and uh, and it's still like it's still like almost two two weeks ago. What what is the date now? It's, uh, it's yeah. So 
we still need to see what's going to happen with that, you know. Sure. I hope there's no spike because uh, I want oh. things to start going back to normal as much as possible. James, yeah. can you hit the one that was right next to that one, please? The sure. one about uh, propaganda and ideologies? Sure. One second. Bring that up that right here. Really cool. It's so hard to explain your work because it's just some... some it's an it's idea, like right? A feeling, yeah. yeah this one, I love this one, man. It says, weak ideologies cannot survive without propaganda. I don't think... Uh, you know, that one needs much explaining because it's just facts, man. No. <laughs> I'm just curious as to when that came up. This is uh, uh, May 31st. May 31st. I have no well, no, idea. that's that's when he uh, posted it up. I was just wondering, like, uh, how yeah, long is I, that? Have, uh, to when be honest, did you come up with that? I have no idea the exact date, but uh, I'm always busy with ideologies and religion and politics in my head. And, I kind of notice when you look at um, uh, things like the Bolshevik Revolution and all the, the communism that came after that, and also the DDR, which influenced me as a kid quite a bit, you kind of see that all these ideologies, to remain strong, they need censorship, they need um, uh, repression, uh, yeah. they, need, they need all these things, and that kind of makes them weak, in my eyes, that, that doesn't make you strong. If you need those tools to survive, it doesn't make you strong. Good ideas don't need those things. That's a good idea behind it. Mm. Good, pure ideas that resonate with people and brings, bring out the good in them, they don't need repression. They don't need censorship. They are just good ideas that will live on their own. And that's a bit the thing that I have with certain ideologies and religions. I like that. You know what? I like I, that a lot. This is kind of just brought to me a thought. Um, I've been making the parallels recently a lot of like, you know, when there's a, a new regime coming in uh, during a revolution, let's just say the communist revolution, yeah. uh, you know, they want to destroy all the history, like they yeah. want to break all the statues, they want to pull down, you know, to erase, like, let's just talk about, uh, you know, I'm Chinese, American Chinese, so the communist rev uh, revolution, the, uh, uh, in China, you know, you know, the great, uh, they call it the, the uh, was a great leap forward. Right? Yeah, the great leap forward. Exactly. Wow. See, look, I love Dutch people, man. <laughs> yeah, you, man. You know, very smart. <laughs> you know, they, they were destroying everything because they want. They were taking down uh, Confucius statues. You know, they they basically said that that's the old way, and uh, this is the new way, basically. And you know, the this, the crazy thing is, we can look at these examples from history, and now the Chinese government they're trying to preserve those uh those same statues that they were destroying yeah. because they want to push their own narrative actually of where the connection into the communist party is so i agree with laser when he was saying that it's just it's always so heartbreaking when uh you know you see a piece of history being destroyed yeah you know what i mean good or bad it, history is history has warped every history has watched you know and you need to own them and you own them by also have allowing those words to be seen in the streets and just to remind you that history is not always perfect the future is the present is not perfect and the future is not always going to be perfect and that's, that's so a good point i like uh, that you know it's also yeah. interesting uh, too. Can, I just, can i can i go back because you were saying about I wanted to say something about uh, the statues that's kind of been erased i saw this documentary about cambodia Okay. One of my favorite films is The Killing Fields. Yes. And it's about uh, the Khmer Rouge 
takeover in Kambodja, and it's so intense. But there was always something that uh, in the movie scene that always stood by me, like uh, where Paul Pot said, like it's the year zero, the future past doesn't exist anymore. We start from here, and that's what I did. They uh, took down all the statues, all the history, everything. They cleaned it up and started their own um, own timeline. And later on, I saw this documentary about Cambodia now, and it was so sad to see it because they kind of tried to scrape their history back together. Yeah. A lot of it has been destroyed. A lot of statues are not there anymore, you know? It kind of made me feel sad. That's why I kind of feel bad when I see what's happening with all the statues, you know? It's kind of, you don't want that. You don't want to be come at the point that you're going to have to scrape your your own past together and it's always going to be mutilated so that's why you have to have these things remain to have a complete history of yourself because little reminders they're little reminders it's it's you it's us it's everybody you know hey i have a real quick fun fact that i actually just learned this weekend that i'd love to share with the audience so everybody's going um nuts about mount rushmore lately i don't know if you uh you know Mount yeah, Rushmore, right, Laser? Okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> so, you know, the, uh, you know, you know, it has four presidents on it. And the original, I, the reason, you know, um, let's test my American history. Washington, Theodore Roosevelt, Thomas Jefferson, and Abraham Lincoln, I'm guessing, right? Those are the four. Very basically. good. Okay, yes. so, so basically, like, you know, Washington and uh, uh, Jefferson owned slaves. That was the original idea that I, that I heard, right? So they want to take it yeah. down. So, but, okay, real quick, first point. Uh, originally, they had made a crazy horse uh, um, statue that uh, they're they're working on that um, is you know right next to uh, Mount Rushmore. Uh, you know, you it's know, right around the corner, basically, it's right. and it's huge. Yeah. And it's supposed it's to be way it's supposed to dwarf it actually. Here, let me bring it up. Um, so yes. like you, can, you can actually never heard of it. Right? It, yeah, exactly. The media never talks about it, right? Of course, you know they never talk about it. But basically, this was the original. What is amazing. Yeah, crazy it, horse. It's a crazy horse. Let, let me see if I can bring it up to say what they uh, wanted it to look like. The media never. When, okay, they, so they, this is what they, they wanted to look like. If you can see here. Yeah. Um, see, they want him riding on a horse, basically. Uh, can, you, cool. can you see this? Yeah. It's yeah. So cool that that's it. it's it's gonna be basically uh you know really near Mount Rushmore or something like that you know and dwarf it okay. So uh, that, that's what I was told. But um, you know, no, the media never talks about that, first of all, how th- they should be completing this monument and it's been nearly 70 years and they haven't finished it, y- you know? Okay, but the second thing I learned that was really interesting to me that I was like, wow, is that did you know that the ma- maker of Mount Rushmore was actually a member of the KKK? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't yeah. know that. You know what I mean? So now I'm like, now you're pushing my boundaries of like whether we should. How do you feel about that, Laser? I mean, like, that's a toughie, right? That's a tough one because, I mean. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's really annoying. It's really annoying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah but. Yeah, how can I answer that? Yeah, no, it's yeah. a tough one. No, I, don't I don't know. You, that's, a, that's, that's a tough one right there because. Um, you know, that's, but that's, some, we blow some, some, it up then? <laughs> well, and here's the thing, here's the, there's also the, you know, the, the black Hills, 
um, that land belongs to uh, some Indians. I forget what exact tribe it is, but that land still belongs to those Indians and they have not been, um, you know, compensated. They don't want to be compensated. They just want their land back. So, so anyway, um, it's, a, it's a complicated discussion, man, at the end of the day. And I, I, you know, I think that what I love about this at the end of the day, I always say is that art is meant to create discussion, right? You know what yeah. I mean? And goddamn, are we so there you go. But, but art is not meant to be destroyed. That's a bit the thing. Even, even the most dubious, I, you can go to Germany. And, no, I was, I was in, where was I? In um, uh, St. Petersburg. It was like communism, and you saw we did this tour, and you saw all these communist buildings, and you and they, I, I could just imagine people walking around there. You have these massive buildings, and they just spoke, they radiated power, and they would dwarf you, you know. Yeah. And I, I don't like communism to be honest. You know, I'm not a fan of it because uh, that's I just don't like. <laughs> oh, don't, it doesn't work. We've yeah. we've we've tried that, you know. We've tried it, yeah. <laughs> Well, it meant well. I mean, the the, the um, word "com," you know, to commune, you know, yeah. they, they meant originally the, the 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 meaning was was good, but it just yeah. didn't turn out well. No, but you know yeah. what I what I think, Very man. Possible. I think it's going back to what Laser said about people uh, not really looking into their history, man. Because now, you know, Marxism and communism is actually making a weird resurgence, man. I hear yeah. so many people that are openly communists now in american society man like artists even like you know i, I like it, I, i'm just gonna say it, you know it's true the last one that should be uh, uh, uh promoting communism are artists because they're the first to go you know that's <laughs> you know like so yeah. don't go there that's really yeah weird. so no it's always a it's, this is a great discussion i think because at the end of the day there's so much uh nazi art right and it's like where does that go? You, you know what I mean? Like, is that destroyed? Because, uh, um, you know, like I said, there's just so much gray area in this discussion. And to me, I got a question for you. That's, that's not uh, gray. It's a good black and white one. Uh, this is, this goes back to something that I think a lot of, a lot of our viewers always like to wonder, especially when it comes to a uh, prolific uh, graffiti artist who's written on all kinds of surfaces all over the city and everything is, any kind of uh, interaction with the law? Like, what's the? Have you ever been arrested before? Uh, people always ask that. Yeah, I haven't been. I hadn't had trouble with uh, with the law in like a long time. But when I was younger, it used to happen quite a bit. But it was always with graffiti. I was not um, busy with any criminal activity, so it was always with writing and graffiti. That was my uh, brushings with the law. The last time I. Um, I was doing an attack in the city and it was kind of a bit too busy for me, but I thought, uh, let's do it anyway. And I was doing the attack and suddenly I heard uh, this voice behind me like, hey, and I looked back and it was cop. I was like, oh, God damn it now. And um, he said, oh, you're the guy that's writing on uh, wooden, wooden panels. Okay, go on. And he went away. <laughs> he recognized my work. <laughs> it was like, oh, I'll just leave it. So that that's was pretty awesome, cool. Man. I don't know if that uh, hurts my street credibility <laughs> that comes from now, like letting me go. But it was just uh, all that means is he knows your work and he likes it, basically. You yeah, know probably. I, mean? I, I think I think that you're uh, a lot smarter than than most graffiti artists because if you had been written on permanent services, that interaction yeah. would have not gone that way. No, it would have gone totally different. <laughs> 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 totally different. 
Well, shit, man. You know what? Super grateful for uh, the work of yours that I've seen, and and I I, I really enjoy talking to you, man. I hope we can get you on again sometime. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah man. I remember the first time I walked into OD Gallery, Jason's a uh, uh, little spot above original uh, damp cream, man. Behind his couch, he had your work, man. You, you oh, know really? what I mean? Let me see if I can yes. pull it up. Uh, I saw it on here. Here, this one. Uh, here's his cat, actually. It says, fasten your seatbelt. We're going nowhere, man. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was, just, I was just remembering. I was like, damn, this is the centerpiece of Jason from OD Gallery's uh, <laughs> a smoking room, man. So I was just like, this is like a, an honor to talk to you, man. So uh, thank you again Absolutely, man. for coming on the show, man. Um, hey, man, so where can we find – where can uh, our uh, – uh, people find you man in terms of uh, uh your website or do you have anything you want to promote basically no at the moment uh, they can go to my instagram that's laser 3.14 or they can go to my website as uh, laser 314 without a dot dot com so if, if anyone wants to contact me or look at my art they can uh, go to my instagram feed or to my website Awesome. I just brought up your website, man. It has like a news, art, shop, and then an Instagram link right there. And uh, uh, again, man, um, you, you know, we'd love to promote the podcast, man, uh, your podcast once you start getting going. And uh, hopefully after all this coronavirus stuff, we can um, uh, come visit you in Amsterdam. Or if you're ever in L.A., just let us Hang know. out. Have a couple of pints. Maybe a little smoke. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we should hang out. Let me know when you come to Amsterdam. We're gonna hang out. I know, know a couple of places that we should visit. Yeah, and uh, hopefully, yeah, definitely, man. And maybe through a laser, we'll be able to uh, connect with some other uh, uh, street artists as well. But we've had, uh, you know, <laughs> Hero and Laser on, who are two uh, very, very well-known street artists in Amsterdam, man. And you know, Paint the Town podcast. We love Amsterdam, man, because of guys like you. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, guys. Awesome, man. So. Uh, uh, to the audience, man, take care. Love you guys and peace. Peace, peace out, man. Peace.